Do you aspire to be a fire officer? Are you a veteran who wants to stay relevant? Or are you currently working in the emergency management industry? Join your host, John Alston, as he blazes through current industry trends, events, and tips for management and officer development. Learn from industry leaders and discover how to network with peers and emergency management leaders. Welcome to the Fire Officer Trust Podcast. And thank you for selecting another episode of the Fire Officer Trust podcast. Fire Officer Trust is a place for fire officers and those who aspire to be. I am thrilled and tickled pink to finally track down this young lady who has been, pardon the pun, blazing a trail in the fire service for a little bit now. Um, She's a published author, um, mother solid person in her community, and she continues to give back by teaching and traveling and speaking and empowering firefighters of every age and every background. I am so pleased to have Captain Tiffany Wellesley from the Arlington County Fire Department. How are you today? I am wonderful. Thank you for having me, Chief. It has been my pleasure. Um, I, I even sit in your classes sometimes, and you've popped into mine, and it is always a thrill. Uh, you bring a whole nother level uh, to the discussion, and you bring the integrity and background that's necessary for us to have some honest conversations in helping firefighters to become officers and officers to become better officers. So in the Fire Officer Trust podcast, what we really talk about are ways that uh, people can learn and grow. Um, I know that you are all over this piece, and um, I know that you have been uh, speaking to several different audiences, so I feel really thrilled um, to have you here. But I have to start with the basic questions that I always ask every uh, interviewee, if you will. And the first thing is, why did you want to be a firefighter? I actually started my career um, in October of 1994 on Halloween. And it was, I didn't grow up having a desire to become a firefighter. You know, I didn't grow up with the, with the parents or grandparents in the fire service. I actually was going to college for hotel restaurant management. And it was there that, um, my plans changed. I ended up getting married and having a baby and I needed a career. And so I heard an announcement on the radio. They said they were looking for men and women to join the fire service. It sounded interesting enough, and I decided to try it. Wow. <laughs> and I, <laughs> and I say try because, you know, it, it it wasn't a lot of detail other than, you know, they were looking for men and women. So I had no idea what I was getting myself into when I when I went to take the test. Wow. So you just you just never thought about it. It was a career choice. Um, a job choice, if you will, it wasn't a career choice. Um, so we'll get to the part of why you're so successful, successful at it. But, um, yeah. So what was that like coming in, not having an idea of what you were getting yourself into and, um, then be presented with that opportunity and challenge? Uh, it was, it was challenging because like I said, I had no idea. 
I had never been in a firehouse before. I didn't know any firefighters, male or female at the time when I applied. And taking the written test, that portion was easy for me. And getting through the other portions, but when I got to the physical agility, that's when I had the, you know, the most challenge. I I was probably about 130 pounds soaking wet at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I was physically fit. I mean, I ran track in high school, but um, I wasn't prepared for that type of, of test. So I failed actually twice the physical agility, and it was somewhere between that second time and that third time that I said, let me get serious. It was between the, you know, just the personal embarrassment for myself failing. And then as I, as people learned that I was going through it, the more and more people kept telling me I was too small. I would never survive. I would never make it in this male dominated profession. It made me wonder for some reason, it just gave me a, a desire to want to do it even more to prove that I could. Wow. And so you had some people telling you that you couldn't. Was there anybody in your corner? Um, my parents were for me. I mean, I don't think, just like I didn't have any idea, I don't think they knew exactly the full extent of what I was doing either. But I grew up in a Christian um, two-parent household, so my parents always instilled in me, you know, and through going to church, I always believed that whatever I put my mind to, I could do um, as long as, you know, I believe that with God, I could do anything. So my parents and my family never... They never discouraged me from from going after my dreams. Okay. Um, yeah, so it wasn't so much my family; it was just other people's friends, you know, classmates, college mates. They were like, "What are you doing?" Wow. Okay. But as far as my own family, they were they were in full support. Excellent. So you find yourself in the fire service, uh, male dominated, um, um, very tradition oriented and heavy on the traditional culture of the fire service. Mm -hmm. And you find yourself, you have to prove yourself uh, over and over again. I know what that's like, but, but here's what happens. Now you decide to become an officer. Where'd that come from? Actually, it came from, um, I started early going to conferences and that was as well. It was by default. I, I was pregnant with my second child. Two years into um, joining the fire service, and so at the time Arlington was hosting the, it was called the Equal Op- Equal Employment Opportunity Affirmative Action Conference then, which is now the Equity and Diversity Conference. We were hosting, so since I was on light duty, I had an opportunity to assist with the, you know, planning and and um, talk about that. So that was my first interest into finding out that there was more to this riding on the back step of a fire truck. Shortly after that, I started um, the Cole Holmes Executive Development Institute in 1998. And so at that time, with only four years, I was able to see that there were other African-American male and females that were officers, that were fire chiefs. And that training alone, that one week was probably the the uh change the whole trajectory of my thinking of you know okay this is this is not for me i'm not supposed to be on the back step i'm supposed to be an officer you know it gave me that higher level thinking that i needed and i and i truly credit that you know being able to and afforded that opportunity early in my career gave me that push to want to do something that's excellent other than like a thing mm-hmm. 
No, that's excellent. Um, I believe that's where I first met you um, a little ways back. We're not going to say how far we go back, but I believe that's about uh, when I met you. And you stood out then. Um, You stood out then as a person that was very serious about the craft. And that's why I asked what made you decide to become an officer and what made you decide, decide to become a firefighter. Because even at that time, you were very serious about um, the job and the responsibility and also the impact that you would have on others. And so that was, you know, years ago. Uh, right. <laughs> so, so what were your greatest challenges as an officer and acquiring the skill set and um, knowledge base, if you will? So you, you attended the Carl Holmes program. What else did you do to prepare yourself? Um, I started, I I did have mentors. My first officer, um, Captain Powell, who I still call my second daddy to this day. And then there were uh, two African-American battalion chiefs that worked with me that kept pushing me. Um, and so, like I said, I started going to conferences early and just getting the training, you know, starting to prepare. And, and they would, you know, do the training sessions for me to prepare for the promotional exam. And just getting my my mental right, because, you know, that was a that was a great part of it, because honestly, my greatest challenges came when I expressed my interest to become an officer. Mm, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you want to be a boss. It's, yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. So once I, you know, openly expressed it, that's what I was doing. It seemed like everything started to um, just obstacles, just one after another you know, just started being placed in my, in my way. But obviously you overcame them. All right. Because you are where you are. I know you credit your family, your faith, your mentors. As you move forward, I know you've been working on some special projects. You want to tell me about them real quick. Yes. I'm actually um, on a teaching circuit, speaking circuit. Um, So I'm teaching a class now, Buddy to Boss, Leading with Integrity and Respect. And I also just created a second class that I'm doing on courageous leadership. Hmm. And so those classes have have stemmed from just my years. You know, I'm excited to say this October, I will be starting my 25th year in the fire service. So I am incredibly, wow. incredibly proud. Yes, I'm excited Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, All right. So with the courses that you teach and the mentoring that you do, if you had to leave something to the fire service right now, if you had one message or two to give uh, to future officers and uh, in preparation, not to inspire them, but just some concrete information, something that you would leave the fire service with from you, what would it be? Um, I'll firstly leave with a quote. And I say it every time I teach what you permit, you promote. And what you promote becomes your standard. Hmm. And that can be taken in several directions. And so whether you're promoting um, that education is is vitally important, which, you you know, that's one of my key things I think you should promote. And what what that's saying is you're showing to others that, you know, not only do I value education and I'm a a continual being a continual student, but I'm promoting that for you. And then on the other side, on the negative side, if you're permitting something in your in your station and your department and your uh, work group 
if you're promoting some permitting something that's negative, you're saying that's my standard if you're not doing anything to change it or to stop it. Got you. Wow, that's all right. And so you're on the teaching circuit. You've got a positive message. Um, I think the last time I saw you not too long ago, uh, I'm not sure whether it was the I Women's Conference or the Carl Holmes. I don't remember which one it was, but you were, you were moving. And, um, um, I appreciate the fact that you bring an energy and a perspective to the fire service that has, we've been long waiting for. And that's why I want, I want to try and get you on here. Um, do you have anything else to add? Um, other than that, um, the other thing I would say is never let anyone define who you are or define what you are anointed to bring to the table. I, I have this whole thing about being at the table, um, especially for women. But the message is transcends the male and female. But this whole thing of when you are given the opportunity to have a seat at the table, ensure you ensure and believe and be confident that you bring value when you're there. That's one of the things that I'm learning instead of just sitting there understanding that you, that I bring value, you know, I'm confident when I'm there and I'm going to make sure that, you know, I bring value when I'm sitting in, when I have that opportunity to have that seat at the table. Excellent. We're going to pause right there before we close. You're listening to the Fire Officer Trust with John Alston. Visit us at www.fireofficertrust.org. And we're back. And to close, I know you've got a lot of things in the hopper. Uh, is there a website? Is there um, a hashtag? Is there someplace that someone that wants more information from you can get to, especially your speaking schedule, where you're going to be and what you're doing and what you have done? Uh, this is the time to give it to us. Okay. I do have a website. It is, um, I am updating it so I can include those very, those speaking dates and arrangements on there. But my website is tiffanywesley.com and that's T-I-F-F-A-N-Y-E-W-E-S-L-E-Y.com, tiffanywesley.com. I didn't get a chance to ask you about your accomplishments and the litany just goes on. Can you, can you go down that list for us? Yes, thank you. So my, my greatest accomplishments to this point I have on a personal level as well as um, professional, and they actually intertwine. So on a personal level, watching my own children, despite, you know, watching me and the challenges and the obstacles that I've gone through in the fire service, deciding that they wanted to also become public servants. So my daughter is a police officer and my son is coming up on his one year in the fire service as well as helping my husband, you know, prepare for his exam and watching him get promoted to lieutenant last year has been an incredible, you know, to me, a personal accomplishment, um, knowing that I started the legacy within my own family. On a professional level, I have two. And the first one is becoming a nationally certified bomb technician and also becoming the uh, station commander for the largest and busiest firehouse in Arlington, which is the home of the Pentagon. And and I've changed in 2017. I used to say everything that they told me I couldn't do, I was going to prove them wrong. 
And in 2017, I changed my mindset. I changed my thinking. I even changed the, my vocabulary into saying, I'm going to stop trying to prove them wrong and prove myself right. Mm-hmm. Just proving that I, <laughs> yeah, just just proving that I deserve to be here. That, you know, when I started this career 25 years ago, that it was started with a purpose and a plan. And so I'm excited that I'm actually, you know, and since changing that whole mindset and I actually teach that now when I'm, when I'm doing my classes, just to inspire people to reset, it keeps me focused. It keeps me energized to know that I'm doing something that has a greater plan and greater mission. In my old life of being busy, I used to say that was flipping the script, but yeah, that's yes. excellent. 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 <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Well, I have to say that it has been a pleasure and, um, Look forward to uh, seeing you continue to grow and inspire others. Um, if you had to leave something with the fire service, uh, one word of advice, encouragement, inspiration, what would it be? One word or advice, I would say every day mentally hit the reset button. Mentally go in every day, not you know, remembering or holding on to something that may have happened the day before, just mentally every day when you get up, hit the reset button and start the day over. Everybody gets a 100. Everyone starts off with the, with the A every day. And that just will keep you focused. It will keep you energized into, um, remaining in your career. And, and also it will keep you inspiring others when they watch you just starting every day on a positive note. That works for me. And I'm quite sure it's going to work for others. I want to thank my guest, Captain Tiffany Wellesley of the Arlington Fire Department. It has been an extreme honor and pleasure and privilege to have you on the Fire Officer Trust. Hope to have you back again real soon. We're going to be checking you out. Best to you and your family and to our listeners. You can follow the Fire Officer Trust at the following address. Stand by. Cap, we'll be talking to you soon. Stay safe. Okay, thank you. for listening like what you heard today subscribe to the podcast and blog hashtag fire officer trust for show notes updates tips and more resources visit www.fireofficertrust.org don't forget to sign up for the newsletter so you never miss a show the fire officer trust a place for fire officers and those who aspire to be 